So this morning we're starting a, uh, a brand new uh, sermon series called ER. How many of you heard of that? ER. Not, yeah, not that ER, but um, it's abbreviation for emergency room. And uh, in this case, it's the, abbrevi- it's the abbreviation for extraordinary relationships. That's better, right? But uh, I think you would all agree that it's God's desire for all of us for our relationships to be extraordinary, right? To have extraordinary relationships, uh, to our relationships to be healthy and strong, and, uh, and, and our relationships to thrive in our lives. But the reality is, is that for many of us, our relationships are not extraordinary. They are in the ER or the emergency room of crisis. And so uh, at best, many of our relationships are, are uh, in serious condition and they're characterized by hostility, conflict, and uh, separation and division. And, and if you would, they're bleeding out. And they're in serious, serious need of emergency care. And so just like in a medical emergency room, unless quick and drastic measures are taken to help save people that go into the emergency room, if we don't take drastic measures, our families and our relationships are in serious conditions, right? Our families and our relationships are facing crises right now in our, in our society. And unfortunately, it's not just out there in the world, but it's also in the church, right? So the goal in this series is to move our relationships out of the ER of crisis into the ER of extraordinary relationships. Amen. So when the family of, uh, the families of Jerusalem were under attack, uh, thousands of years ago, Nehemiah said this uh, to the people. And he said in Nehemiah 4.14, As I looked over the situation, I called together the leaders and the people and said to them, Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Fight for your friends, your families, and your homes. He was saying your family and your friends are worth fighting for. So don't give up and say, I can't change it. It's too late. It can't be di- different. Nothing will change. Don't settle for that. Let's fight for him. Amen. And so I just want to say it's not too late to make, to make some transformation in your relationships, regardless in what condition that they're in. Are y'all agree with that? And so Nehemiah said, remember the Lord is great and he's glorious and has the, has the ability to change anything, right? Including our relationships. So let's fight. Let's, let's fight to move our relationships out of the ER of crisis and into the ER of extraordinary relationships today. Amen. And so, you know, every year we try to take some time to talk about relationships because it's so important and it's such a great need. So let's begin by talking about um, uh, why we should all value relationships. How many of you know relationships are valuable? How many of you would agree with that? All relationships are valuable. And so the first reason we should value relationships in our life is because, number one, God thinks relationships are important. So if God thinks relationships are important, we should think relationships are important, right? Because we want to model our values after God's values. And in Genesis chapter 2, which is the, you know, the book of beginnings and the book of first mentions, in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 18, this is what the Lord God said. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. 
Now, obviously, that has more than one meaning. It means, you know, he's talking about, and he said, I'm going to get a helpmate. He's talking about Adam being alone and got a wife. But I believe in humanity as a general, he's saying, it's not good for man to be alone. God created us to be relational beings. He created us that way. He created and designed us to have a relationship with himself, a relationship with himself as well as a relationship with others. And so uh, uh, he, he created us and designed us that way. Uh, because of the way God created us, we have an internal desire and a need to connect with others because God put it in us. There's a need and there's a desire to connect with others. And even though sometimes we don't recognize that or realize that, that's in us. If you, you know, if you did an autopsy on us and you could see spiritually what's in us, in us is the desire to connect with others. Because why? Because God put that in us. So if we're not connecting relationally with others, we're denying ourselves a major God-given, created, internal need in our lives. That's why it's so important that we value relationships. So that's why it's not good for man to be alone because we all have a God-given need in our life to connect with others. And if we're not, we're going to be suffering in our life. A second reason it's not good for man to be alone is every human has core needs in their life that can only be met in the context of relationships. There's some core needs in our life that money can't satisfy. There's core needs in our life that no amount of material things or possessions will ever meet in our, in our life. Like, for instance, we all have a need to be accepted. We all have a need to be supported, valued, nurtured, feel loved. These are core needs we have in our life. And if we're not accepted, supported, valued, nurtured, and loved by others, we end up with all these issues like being fearful, inferior, and insecure. And we end up developing all these dysfunctional behaviors and, and, and we attempt to make up for the void that's left in our lives. And that's why we go out of balance with going after possessions and material things. And, and we chase after things that in the, in the long run end up biting us and causing us to have some, a, some disappointments in life. Are y'all with me? In fact, it is believed that all addictions you know, the addiction to drugs or alcohol or, or gambling or pornography or anything like that. All addictions can be traced back to the absence of or the lack of not having true, connected, healthy relationships in your life. Isn't that interesting? So how does God meet those deep internal core needs that we have as humans? I believe that he puts us in an environment of relationships such as families, friends, and a church community, so those core needs can be met. Amen? Are y'all with me? And so people that don't believe that or don't think that's important, they walking around struggling and stumbling in life. And so, you know, I think that's why there's so many uh, one another commands in the Bible. In fact, there are 58 one another commands in the Bible. Commands such as love one another, accept one another, honor one another, greet one another, encourage one another, fellowship one another with one another, serve one another. You know, you really can't obey the Bible if you try to do Christianity all alone. 
You can't do it. Because there's so many one another commands. That, and that's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves with others as some are doing. Because you, you, you have a need in your life for relationships. And God meets those core needs that we have in our lives through the context of relationships. And so a third reason it is not good for man to be alone is because without healthy relationships, we'll struggle with loneliness. Do you know that loneliness is an epidemic in our society today? There's more people that are lonely than ever before. In Genesis 2.18, Genesis 2, the Lord said it is not good for man to be alone. If man or woman is cut off from all relationships, they will be alone. And if left alone for an extended period of time, we eventually suffer with loneliness. And the end result of loneliness are all kinds of physical, emotional, and psychological problems. And you can see it. I mean, just, you know, in the last few years, you've been, uh, just recently, they, they found out another family, there were kids being chained to beds and stuff like that. And, and you see that every time there's a child or there's an individual that is isolated from society, you know, this one girl, they thought she was a teenager, or they thought she was like a 10-year-old, but she was actually a teenager. She was undeveloped and, and she had serious issues in her life because she was disconnected from relationships. And so that's, a, that's an example of, of what this is talking about. When we, when we all alone, we struggle with aloneness or loneliness. And it creates all kinds of psychological problems like depression and sadness and mental and emotional anxiety and, and health problems and, and low self-confidence and low self-esteem. And you could go on and on. And so that's why it's so important that we make uh, relationships a priority in our lives. Long-term aloneness causes loneliness, which in turn has been proven to negatively affect the quality of our life. We need relationships. I know somebody's saying, shucks. <laughs> we need relationships, but they're not that easy, right? And so why does God say it is not good for man to be alone. The quality of life is largely dependent on the relationships you cultivate. The quality of your life is largely dependent on how many relationships you develop. And so I'm hoping that you see the value and the need for relationships differently than you ever have before. That it's, it's a need that we have. And so sometimes, you know, I, not sometimes, a lot of times I'm motivating when I see the need, whenever I see the good in it for me, it motivates me. And I'm hoping to motivate you today. When the rest of society is devaluing and saying relationships are important, I think that it's church, the church should not go the way of the world and say, yes, they are. They're important. Amen. And so the quality of life is largely dependent on relationships you cultivate. You know, in 2 Kings 4 is a story of a widow that was about to lose her two sons because of debt she couldn't pay. And she was going to lose her sons. But the prophet Elijah came by and he gave her a strategy to help her get out of her situation that involved 
relationships that she had in her life. Her relationships are what helped her save her two sons from slavery. I want to read the story and just, I want you to see the power of it in 2 Kings 4 and verse 1. It says, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she, she replied. And Elijah said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. And soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. How many of you know that was a miracle? When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what's left over. How many of you know the Lord moved for, for this little widow lady, right? But you know, the little widow woman experienced a miracle in her life primarily because of two reasons. Number one, she received a miracle because what she had inside her house, which was her faith in God, she obeyed what the prophet said. It's her faith that moved the hand of God, right? But there was another factor here that if you don't really, if you're not looking for it, you'll never see it. But number two, she also received a miracle because what she had outside of her house. You know what it was outside of her house? It was her relationships. It was her friends. Because the prophet said, go to your friends and borrow yours. Now, if she had not cultivated any relationships in her life, she wouldn't have had any jars to bring back home for the all to multiply. Come on, are you seeing that? So the quality of the miracle the widow received was because of her faith obeying the prophet which released the miracle. But the quantity of the miracle she received was because of the empty jars, which were filled with all because of her friends and neighbors that gave her jars. Amen. And so had she not had any friends, she would not have received any jars, which means she would not have received the oil sufficient to pay off her debt. So if you look at this, two things change the quality of this lady's life. No doubt her faith and trust in God. But the second thing was her relationships that she cultivated. And here's what I believe. We should never forget this. Every healthy relationship in your life is like a jar that God uses as a vessel to bless your life. Every relationship you have. I started thinking about this. And I started thinking about the different blessings in my life. They're all connected to a relationship. They're all connected to a relationship. And if you sat down and thought for a moment how God blessed your lives, a lot of the greatest and biggest blessings you have in your life, if you looked at it and studied it long enough, you'll see that it's connected to a relationship somewhere, somehow. It was a joy. It was a vessel that God used to bless your life. So God uses relationships in our life in one way to go further and accomplish more in your life than you could ever accomplish on your own. 
In the Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. We can just stop right there. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Now it goes on. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided card is not easily broken. Now, there's a huge advantage when two people join their efforts together to accomplish something. And you see, you know, it's not like you have double. Like, if I can accomplish, say, a level five uh, productivity and I get Pastor Brandon to help me, it's not like we're going we're gonna to produce a level 10 productivity. Something happens. If we'll work together, we'll probably accomplish a level 15 productivity because something happens when we work together. Our efforts multiply when we work together. So whatever level of productivity you can accomplish in your life, if you connect your life with other people, your productivity in your life is going to go through the roof. It's not just going to multiply. It's going to quadruple. It's going to be supernatural. Amen. It's a compounding effect on the productivity and success. Listen, things which could never, ever accomplish to be, be accomplished alone in your life are accomplished with the help and the support of good, godly, healthy relationships. Amen? You know, I think that's why Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. Because he understood the compounding principle. In Mark 6, 7, he says, and he called the 12 disciples together and he began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. You know, I really think that he sent them out two by two because he knew they had a better chance to succeed if they were not alone. Whenever you have somebody with you, whenever you get discouraged, they're going, you know, it's, it's, it's rare that both of you get discouraged at the same time. When you're discouraged, the other one's encouraged and they'll help you out. Amen. And so that's why Ecclesiastes says, low to the man who falls and is all alone because we need each other. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And so relationships, how many of you know, relationships make you better. You know, we, you know, oftentimes I think about this as like, you know, iron sharpens iron, man. Some people, they grate on you, man, and they, they weigh you down. They smooth you out because man, do they wear on you, right? But how many of you know, in the context of relationships, they make you better. The relationships make you stronger. Relationships make you wiser, more effective, and successful. Nobody is strong in every area of life. Nobody is smart in every, every subject matter. But when we put our lives together, when we join our lives together, they make up the difference in what we're lacking and we become stronger in life when we, when we just, just shoulder up with other people and live our lives in relationship. So if I was the devil, I would do all I can to try to stop that from happening. Amen? Because I can weaken you. In fact, you know, that's what, that's what, you know, wolves do with sheep. They wait for one separated out. And then they pounce on them. We need each other. Are y'all with me out there? We need each other. 
Let me ask you a question. Do you have healthy relationships that you can partner with in life? If not, I encourage you to take time to cultivate strong relationships in your life. It may appear that you don't need them. But I promise you, you need them. And God uses relationships to help you do better in life, accomplish more in life. Here's another thought. God uses relationships to help you get through the difficult and discouraging times in life. Can I get a better amen? Are you going through a difficult time right now in your life? If you are, I encourage you to reach out to one of your friends. Your friends help you. And this is what Ecclesiastes 4.10 says. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We all fall down. At some point in life, we all trip. We all go through things that just knock the wind out of us. How many of you know life has a way of knocking you down? It does. But if you have a friend, then you have a chance to get back up. If you have a friend, then you have someone that can reach out and lend you a hand to get up. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Everybody needs encouragement. You know, encouragement is like oxygen for the soul. Just like our physical body needs oxygen, our, our emotional body, our physical body, our soul needs encouragement. Everybody needs a cheerleader, someone to believe in them, someone to support them, someone to stand with them when life gets tough, someone to build them up when life has torn them down. Amen. There are people that are still in the race of life today because somebody reached out and helped them. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Amen. How many of you know a friend can help you win the battles of life? You know, did you know that did you know that David, who defeated Goliath later on in life, had a giant that he couldn't defeat? Did you know that? You know, most everybody knows about Goliath, the giant that David defeated. But, but very few people know about the giant that David couldn't defeat. Most people are familiar with how victorious and what a warrior David was and how he, he chased his ten thousands. But most people are not familiar when he faced that giant that almost defeated him had it not been for a relationship. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Samuel 21 and verse 15, once again the Philistines were at war with Israel and when David and his men were in the thick of battle, David became weak and exhausted. And Ish, Ishbanab was a descendant of the giants. His bronze spearhead weighed more than seven pounds and he was armed with a new sword. And listen to what it says. He had cornered David and was about to kill him. But Abishai, son of Zariah, came to David's rescue 
and killed the Philistine. Then David's men declared, you're not going out to battle with us again. Why risk snuffing out the light of Israel? I want you to notice in verse 15, it says that David became weak and exhausted. David faced a giant that he couldn't handle on his own. Had it not been for his friend Abishai, he would have not made it. He'd have been killed by the giant. And that's an incredible story. Because the moral of that story is it doesn't matter who you are and how many past victories you've had. It doesn't matter about all that. How many, how many victories you've won in the past. We will all at some point become so weak and exhausted and face some giant in our life that we won't be able to handle it all alone and we'll have to have somebody to get back to back with us and fight this battle with us and for us. Amen. So like David, we need a friend to help us win the battles of life. Amen. And so if you really understand this correctly, having a friend is like having a great bank account. It's like having a tremendous weaponry in your house. You see? I mean, we fill up our cupboards for, for safekeeping for our future. And we fill our bank accounts because we worried about our future. I want you to know why you're filling up your cupboards and why you put money in your bank account. Work on building relationships. Because all the, all the food in the cupboard and all the money in the bank will not help you whenever you get to the point in life where you're weak and exhausted. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You need a friend to help you get through that. Amen? That's why we need to cultivate relationships in our life. Amen? So we don't get cornered by our circumstances, the giant circumstances of life. The quality of life we live is largely dependent on the relationships we cultivate. Let me just give you one more thought. God's miracle for your life may be just one relationship away. God's, God's miracle for your life may be one relationship away. While we're praying and say, God, give me a miracle, the miracle might be right on the side of you in the form of a friend. But we don't realize it. Because we, the enemy has succeeded oftentimes in making us feel like relationships are not that important. But in Luke chapter 5, it's a very familiar story. I know you know it, but in Luke chapter 5, it tells the story of a man who was paralyzed and was at very little chance of getting to Jesus or meeting Jesus to be healed from his paralyzation. But because he had a few friends who he was relationally connected to, he received a miracle and was healed. And here's the story in Luke 5, 17. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were standing nearby. And it seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and they took off some of the tiles. And then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Can you imagine what the Pharisees and the scribes were thinking then? Oh my goodness, what is, going, what is this church going to? They're pulling, off, they're pulling off the roof. And so... They lured the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. 
In verse 20 says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Verse 24 says, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. That's a great story, right? And so this guy was paralyzed and he needed a miracle, but he didn't have in himself what it took to get to the meeting. But these men didn't just show up at his house just because there was obviously a relational connection there, right? So they went to his house and said, hey, Jesus is having a meeting in town. Let's go. So they picked him up on his, on his, on his mat and they carried him. In fact, Tanya mentioned this scripture whenever she said, you know, it's like the Lord said to her dad, rise and go home or pick up, you know, go home. Like he went home Friday. So they bring him to the meeting and they, they open the door and it's crowded with people. And so it don't look like they're going to get to Jesus, but they didn't give up. They jumped on top of the roof. And they started putting shakes off of the roof. I can see the dust falling. Like right now, I'd be preaching and all of a sudden dust would start falling on the podium. It's like, what in the world? And we would say, who, who's interrupting this meeting? We're trying to have church in here. And then all of a sudden, here comes this stretcher. Here comes this thing through the roof. And you see daylight. And everybody's like, what in the world is going on? And they're waiting for Jesus to just, you know, pound his fist on the pulpit or something. And he says, whoa, whoa, hold on. And he heals the man. And then he says, not to the man on the mat. He says to the men that brought him in, because of your faith, sir, your sins are forgiven. It was their friends that allowed him to receive a miracle. Again, let's think about it for a moment. How many miracles have we received in our life? Because there was a jar in our life. Because there was a vessel in our life that saw us struggle and said, let me reach out a hand. That saw us in great need and said, let me pray for you. Come on, how many blessings you have in your life? You just thought there was just this relationship and it was not that big of a deal. But by building a relationship with this person, some kind of blessing that you never expected to come came and fell right into your lap, right into your life. All because you had a jar called a relationship in your life. Amen. Oh man, I'm telling you, this is, this is good stuff right here. Amen. Amen. I believe we should put the value on relationships that should be put on relationships, right? The paralyzed man could have not gotten to Jesus if it wasn't for his friends. His miracle came as a result of his cultivated relationship. God often uses relationships to create or to bring about a miracle in our life. Amen. And so God's miracle might just be one relationship away. Think about that. God's miracle in your life might be one relationship away. So listen, we should never, never not value human life. We should never not value human beings. Every person is created in the image of God, and we should never treat them as unvaluable. Amen. Are y'all with me? Because we might be stepping on our miracle. Are y'all with me out there? We might be stepping on our lifeline. We might be stepping on the jar that God wants to use to transform and change our life. Amen. 
How is your relational life going today? Is your relationships in the ER of crisis that need some work, that need some immediate attention? I really think the Lord wants to transform our relationships out from the ER of crisis into the ER in the realm of extraordinary relationships. Amen? And our life will be better. You all agree? Our life will be better. That's why we need to talk about relationships because it ties into the quality of our life. Now, let me just close by giving you three quick keys to relational transformation. Number one, put a high value on the relationships in your life. Value means putting a high importance on relationships. Putting a high value. You know, it makes me wonder about the guys. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us who brought this man to the meeting where he got healed. But I wonder if they had any conflict some, at some point in life. I wonder if any of the guys that carried him over there were guys that he couldn't stand. You ever thought about that? I wonder if any of those guys that brought him to that meeting were guys that offended him at one time in life that he forgave. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud right here, right? I don't know, but who knows who's going to be the man that's going to carry it? Carry your mat to your miracle. So we need to value means putting a high importance on your relationships. In Genesis 2.18, when the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, he meant it. He meant it. And it doesn't mean it's not good for a man not to be married. Of course, he meant that. And I think we should get married. Amen. I'm pro-marriage. What about y'all? Are y'all pro-marriage? Yeah. But I believe he also meant it's not good for man to not have any relationships as well. One of the reasons we don't have better relationships is because we don't put enough importance on relationships. We don't put enough importance on it. We got to put importance on it. It's got to be important to us. Are y'all with me? It means it has high value. It means, you know, listen, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to hang out. I don't want to, I don't want to visit, but I need to. It's important. I need to. Amen. I need to for my, my sake, my benefit. Who knows? It might be a miracle. It might be a miracle. Remember when that lawyer tried to trick Jesus and he asked him the question and he said, of all the commandments, which is the greatest commandment? And he was actually trying to trick Jesus and Jesus answered, he responded, Mark 12, 29, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. And he didn't miss a beat. He didn't stutter. He didn't stammer. The second is, is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these means more than one. There's no commandment greater than more than one. Loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and loving your neighbor. Loving your neighbor, right? As yourself. And so Jesus was basically saying the most important thing in our lives is relationships. Obviously, first and foremost, 
is our relationship with God, right? But he says it's almost like he's, he's like, he, it's almost like he's trying his best not to separate the two for us to think that one's important and the other is not. And he says it almost without taking a breath or missing a beat. And he says, the first one is love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Don't separate those. Don't think the second one is not as important as the second. They're both important. You got to work on both of them. Amen. So listen, I've never met anyone who has ever regretted putting a high value on their relationships. I've never met anybody that whenever they get to the end of their life and said, man, I wish I would have spent less time on my family, on my relationships, on building relationships. I regret it. I wish I wouldn't have wasted my life like that. No, I've never heard anybody say that, but I've heard people say, I wish I would have put greater priority. I wish I'd have put greater value on relationships. Amen? Why? Because it's so important. You know, uh, we've been going to Mag uh, Magnolia Estates here, the nursing home down the road, uh, to visit with Tanya's dad in the last few months. And, you know, it helps you to realize the importance of relationships. You know, Tanya and I were talking with one of the staff people there, and he said, you know, there's some people here that have no family. And they have people here that their family never comes and visit them. And they're just sitting up there. And you could tell they're just so longing for affection and, and just conversation. And it's just a picture of what happens or what could happen if we don't put value on relationships. So I think we need to put a high value in relationships and that will help us transform our relationships. We've got to see how important they are because we'll do what's important. Right? Let me say that again. We will do what's important. What we think is important, we'll do. The second key to transforming your relationships is begin applying the golden rule to your relationships. Because you might be real busy making enemies instead of friends. But Matthew 7, 12 says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. So I believe Jesus is saying, this is the key, y'all. Practicing the golden rules, the key to building strong and healthy relationships. Treat people the way you want to be treated. So I think if we start using the golden rules standard, as the standard of the way we want to treat other people. Do I want other people to treat me the way I'm treating this person? Do I want people to talk to me the way I'm talking to this person? And so if we start using that standard, do I want people to neglect me like I'm neglecting my family? Do I want people to give me the cold shoulder the way that I'm giving the cold shoulder to my, my friends? If we start using that as a standard, how we want people to treat us, we need to treat others, I think everybody will appreciate the way we treat them. Because the reality is we all want to be treated well, right? And so I think we have to apply the golden rule here. The third key to transforming your relationship is to put a high priority on your relationships in your life. Priority means in position of importance. And so what should be our relational priority? Well, I think 
Jesus gives it to us in Mark 12, answering the lawyer's question. He said, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The second is this. So I believe here are the priorities. Jesus first says, our relationship with God has to be first. We have to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And the bottom line is you can't maintain great and healthy relationships with others until you have a healthy relationship with God. Because in, our, in, our, in and of ourselves, we don't have the ability, you see, to maintain healthy relationships. Because here's the problem. Fear will keep you from developing healthy relationships. And fear is a result of a bad relationship experience. And how many of you had bad relationship experiences? Trust will keep you from developing healthy relationships. Trust is a result of bad relationship experience. How many of you had bad trust issues in relationships in the past? Hurt will keep you from developing healthy relationships. Hurt is a result of a bad relationship. See, all these things we will constantly have to deal with in building relationships. And the only way that you can get past that is you got to have Jesus heal your heart. Amen. You have to have Jesus working in your life to help you to overcome unforgiveness, to help you, uh, to help you break through fear. We need Jesus. Amen. He's the only one that can help us get healed, delivered and set free from the things that are like walls that try to keep us from building healthy relationships. So our relationships have to have priority. That's why Jesus said first, seek first. The priority is Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Amen? Would you stand with me and let's, let's conclude. Now I, want you to, I want you to think of this question. What is the Lord trying to say to me in this message? Just think about that. What is the Lord trying to say to me in this message? Just think. Just ask the Lord, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to say? I believe in the context of this church setting right here that God could be speaking to our hearts, right? And so the question is, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to say to me? Maybe for some of us, the Lord is trying to say, you're not putting enough value on relationships in your life, and you need to start putting more value on them. Maybe that might be what the Lord is trying to say. Maybe the Lord is saying, you know what? You, you, you like relationships, you believe in relationships, but you're allowing the rest of the busyness of your life keep you from building relationships. And you need to take some time to start building some relationships in your life. Maybe that might be what the Lord might be saying to us. But I believe the Lord is trying to say something to us. Maybe the Lord is trying to curb our, our behavior and saying, listen, you're not going to build you're not going to build good relationships because of the way that you're treating people. And you need to you need to change the way you're treating people. And just think of it like this. Do you want people to talk to you that way? Do you want people to treat you like that? Do you want people to, 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 to say what you say? You know, and just, just, just think about that. And maybe the Lord is just saying, no, listen, you need to sow better seeds than that. You, you need to start sowing the good seeds in your relationships so that you can reap good seeds in your relationships. Amen. Would you bow your head with me and let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us.
think some of us are, we have isolated ourselves even in the midst of, even in a house of a lot of people or in a crowd of a lot of people. And we need, we need the Lord to help us. And I believe the Lord wants to help us. We just ask him right now to help us to overcome the fears, trust, and the hurt, the walls, the barriers. Let's just ask the Lord to just help us this morning to just change our mind and change our thinking about relationships. Father, I pray that this morning that God, you would just begin to release your grace over this congregation today. Lord, we believe what you say, that it's not good for us to be alone. It's not good for us to not have any close and healthy relationships in our life. That, Lord, it ultimately leads us to a very lonely place with all kind of psychological and spiritual and emotional and mental problems. Lord, we need relationships. And God, we may be one relationship away from a miracle in our life if we can just get, Lord, if we can just get our, our, our hearts just connected with other people, Father. Help us today. Lord, we pray right now, Father, for your grace, for your mercy, for your blessing, for your provision to be released right here in this auditorium. Thank you, Father God. Now listen, you can never build a healthy relationship until you have that priority right. First Jesus and then everything else. And maybe you're here today and you've never really asked Jesus to be your 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 Savior. You've never asked the Lord to forgive your sins. You've never surrendered your life. You, you've never you've never crossed the line and, and given your life to Christ. I want to give you a chance to do that right now. If you say, Todd, that's me. I, I need to give my life to Christ. I need a I need to surrender to the Lord. I need to give my all to Him. I, I want to be a I want to be a child of God. Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just lift your hand and I want to pray a prayer for you before we go. Just lift your hand and just hold it up high. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand over here. Anybody else? Just hold your hand up so I can see it. I want to pray for you. Come on, just. This is your moment. All right, I see your hand. Let's pray together. Would you pray with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. Lord, I want a relationship with you. Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? I want to learn how to love you with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul. Would you help me today? to live the Christian life. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand, yeah, amen. Those of you that raised your hand, there's a card in your pew with a green bar that says, I made a decision. If you'll take time to fill that out and bring it into the, into the lobby, into the info center, we have a gift for you, a Bible if you need it. We just want to give you some tools to help you get started on your journey. How many of you are glad to be in relationship with Jesus? Amen. Father, let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray your blessing, your favor, your grace. Help us, Lord, to just be able to get better skilled at building relationships in our life. We might be one relationship away from a tremendous miracle in our life. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come up if you need prayer. If not, be blessed. Have a great day.